Welcome to Prayer Huddle, a community that seeks to host God, influence lives, and revive hearts. The message you're about to listen to is a word in season to make your spirit soar like that of the eagle. Thank you for listening and stay blessed. The book of Isaiah chapter 55 verse 8 to 9 says, Isaiah 55, 8 to 9 says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heaven are higher than the earth, so my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Also in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 33, the book of Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 33, the Bible says, You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days in the land of the living, or in the land which you shall possess, in the land which you are possessed. Uh, the third passage, which is not here, and which is actually very, very fundamental to the presentation, is the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 17, 16 to 17. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, note that, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The essence of these passages is for us to understand that irrespective of who we are, irrespective of the level of our wisdom or knowledge or exposure, at the end of the day, God should be the source and the inspiration for the model of fatherhood that we employ. Um, it doesn't matter what time you are. It doesn't matter what land you are. It doesn't matter what climb you are. The model that would survive the passage of time, the model that would stand the test of time, the model that will never fail and has never failed is that which is predicated on our understanding of God's model of fatherhood as enunciated in his word. It doesn't matter whether you're in Africa or in America. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter whether you are uh, a baby boomer like me or you are a generation, whatever now that they have. The point is, to the extent that the word of God remains infallible, unchanging, and enduring forever, once we understand the, the, the essence of fatherhood as contained in the word of God and as revealed to us by God himself, and we follow that pattern, we cannot fail. And I want us to bear that at the back of our mind. Now, uh, I am extremely impressed by some of the things I picked from the discussion or from the, the, ambassador, the, the prayer holder ambassador ladies. Um, listening to them, I know they were not trying to impress. They were saying those things from the heart. And why I'm particularly impressed is because of their reference to how the, the gentlemen relate to their children, the, the, the way they play their role 
as fathers. Fatherhood is so fundamental, it's so important that uh, I, I said it jokingly, but I really mean it. There should be an academy of fatherhood or an academy of parenting, half of which should be about how to be a father. The other half should be about how to be a mother. Um, if, we, if we spend 20, 30 years in schools to become core professionals, it beats my imagination why people will want to be fathers just by default, just by whatever you think you need to do. It has to be deliberate, it has to be proactive, it has to be intentional because you are dealing with life. You are dealing with a situation that if you miss it, it's difficult to correct. God will help us in Jesus' name. So as we go into the details of my presentation, I want us to bear bear these Bible themes because they permeate the entire, um, entire discussion and presentation. God will help us in Jesus' name. So the summary of what I just said is that God's fatherhood model is the only right model. God's model of fatherhood requires fathers to bring up their children in the way of the Lord. Point them in the right direction, Proverbs 22, 6. And like another aspect of life, God's, when you look at their lives, the only area of their failure is in their responsibilities as fathers. Look at prophet Eli, for example. Eli was an excellent prophet, the first prophet really in Israel, who was not just a spiritual leader, but also a national leader for political reasons. Yet the failure of Eli, which led to God saying that, um, God actually basically reversed himself in the Bible. Before then he has said that the lineage of Eli will remain priest forever. He didn't commit any adultery sin. He didn't really do anything you and I may think, ah, this is terrible. No, all he did was not being able to train his children in the right way. Uh, the Bible said they were children of Balaam. And because of that, God said, far be, unto, be it unto me. He who honors me, I will honor. He who doesn't honor me, I will despise. I am taking the, the, the priesthood privileges away from your family. In fact, God even calls to the extent that there will come a time where there will be no old man in their generation. Unfortunately, it actually happened. Or you want to think of Samuel. Samuel, Bible says of Samuel that his word never fall to the ground. From Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south of Israel. Samuel, the kingmaker. Samuel, who can not only install a king, but can remove a king. Samuel, who became a, a, a priest as an adolescent. Samuel, who God ignored Eli to speak to as a very young boy, yet his only area of failure was in fatherhood, which was the reason the Israelites said, look, we know you, you are great, you are excellent, you are wonderful. Samuel said, when he was about to go, a pastor said, anybody, come out. If there's anything I've done, if I've taken a bribe, if I've mistreated you, 
if I've taken what belongs to you, come and they say, no, you are super. All the days of your life, there is no area of weakness in you. Yet, the people said, but your children, we, we don't know about them. They are not like you. And that's why they requested for a king, even against God's instruction. The point I'm trying to make is that it's so fundamental that we fathers should recognize how important we are in the lives of our children and how important it is for us to appreciate the heart of God for the children they have put under our care. Remember, remember, your principal is God. You are an agent. And the principal will hold the agent accountable for how he executed the agency work. May God help us in Jesus' name. It's so important that, in my opinion, if some things are not in place, you shouldn't be a father. Thank God we are all adults here. The father, you have something dangling between your feet doesn't make you a father. The father you can biologically father a child doesn't qualify you as a father. And so I have a little list of things here, which I said, why a man should not want to have a child? If this applies to you, you will be doing yourself and the destiny of the children a lot of favor to not have a child. Don't have a child if you are unable and willing to guide his destiny. Don't be a waste of destiny. We see examples of destiny that have been wasted because the fathers are not really fathers. They are not there. Either they are not there physically or they are not there uh, in terms of being in, invested in the life of their children. That's why I was so impressed by some of the things I hear. And you know, one of the things I said to, to Pastor Matthew was, hey, knowing the kind of people that are part of Hodu, I hope I will not be preaching to the pastor. Because I know him, and I know many of the of some of you that are on this on this platform. I know this message may not really be for you because usually those who need this kind of message are the one you won't find here. But he made a point, and I agree with him, that each of us can be agents of influencing some other lives of people who are may not be where we are. So this this message is not just for you who got it right, although you may get one of the things to pick from that. But it should be a response because I actually think the future of this society, the future of many, many destinies, whether they will, those destinies will be fulfilled or not, will depend on how many fathers really recognize the importance of their place in the agenda of God when it comes to the children God brought to the earth through them. So if you don't have a child, if you are unable or not willing to guide the child to, the, to his or her destiny, don't be a waster of destiny. Many destinies have been wasted because the man who should play the role of the father, who should be the representative of God in the life of the child, was not there. Don't have a child if your life lacks direction because you will be unable to give direction to the child. You can't, you can't give what you don't have. Don't have a child if you are still confused about your purpose in life because then you will not be able to help the child find his or her purpose. Don't have a child if you are spiritually and morally incapable of supporting the child. If you are a spiritual neophyte, you shouldn't be having a child. Because you take even the spiritual part of a child's life, there's, there's only a carcass left. Don't have a child you cannot support financially because then you'll be worse than an infidel. Don't have a child if you consider the responsibilities of fatherhood a body rather than a godly duty to be embraced. Um, because of time, we'll move on now. But I, I just hope the message is sinking. 
I hope the men here and the appreciate the, the enormity of our responsibility as fathers. I mean, I don't have time, but I have tons of examples, including my own life. In situations where God has helped for me to intervene in specific circumstances in the life of my children, and 10 years, 20 years down the line, I look back and I said, ha, huh, what if that didn't happen? What if God didn't put in my heart to do this at that point in time? Um, let's share, let me share this with you. In my church, House, House, House of the Rock in Grand Prairie, I've been part of the youth church as a leader or as teacher since 2000 when the church started. And God has been wonderful to us. But I noticed a pattern that really beats me. And this is it. Typically, what we wish for our children, I would say a clear 97, 98% of them achieve that. Godly, not a troublesome person, didn't go to jail, didn't have to be arrested, finished high school, went to college, graduated, maybe go for a second degree. Just, but then I say about 3%. Without exception, all of the 3% that, less than 3%, maybe about 1%, all of them that fell through the crack, they have something in common. It's either there's no father or there's no father that recognizes and lives up to his responsibility. In some situation, it could be that the mother is fathering, bring the children to the church, but the father is neither in church nor anywhere. And when I saw that pattern, it baffles me. So this is real, real issue, particularly in a country like, like the US. I have some statistics for you. 90% uh, of runaway children are from homes where there's no father. 71% of all high school dropouts are from homes that, where there's no father. Children from homes where there's no father are five times more likely to be abused. They are five times more likely to have mental issues. The statistics go on and on. So whether from the spiritual perspective, as God expected of his children, or from even the social perspective out there, from statistics and researches, it's evident that where the father is lacking, destinies are at risk of being vandalized. So why should you, why should you, um, fully understand and have a good understanding of your responsibility as a father. And I say here, aside from God, parents are the most important factor that can allow the child to realize he has full potentials. And of course, parents means the father and the mother. But without prejudice, the father that is not there guarantees the inability of the child to fulfill his or potentials. Thank God for women, and we have a lot of them, who play some important roles and because they don't have a choice, they combine both responsibilities. I have some advice for such women down the line. But where the man is not there to be the physical presence of God in the life of that child, even for, 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 for female children, for, for, for our daughters. I, I remember in my own situation, and I like giving my own example. 
compared to that of the parent. I have seen it happen over and over again. Because the father represents God in physical form to the child. Because left to their own instinct, most children will make the wrong choice. You know, I mean, many of you are parents. The heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? That might also include the young, young child. They don't default to doing the right thing. No. So it takes a very concerted, uh, proactive effort on the part of the father in collaboration with the mother to teach them the right thing. And if the father is not there, how much can a woman alone do? Yes, many women are doing it and succeeding with it, but it's not the ideal. Why is fatherhood so important? Because led to their own state, most children will make their own choice. Because so many forces in the larger society are more likely to go or guide or lead the child in the wrong direction. And proper parenting act as the stabilization force. Brothers and sisters, I want to posit to you that whatever positive impact is not coming from the home, whatever positive impact is not coming from a living church, which itself is very dependent on the father and the mother, knowing their place spiritually and taking the children to those places, out of those two places, nothing positive is coming from everywhere, anywhere in this society. Not from the school, not from the TV, not from social media, not from their friends who know less than them anyway. So God help a child who is not being positively impacted at the home. Who is not being positively impacted in the church? Where is he or she going to get the good values that will lead him to fulfillment of his destiny? And why? Because each child is given by God to the parents in trust, to care, to nurture, and to tend. The giver will hold parents accountable for their performance. Like, like God held Prophet Eli responsible, accountable, and caused him and took away priesthood from his lineage. And the guy died, falling backward and breaking his neck. Not for murder, not for adultery, not for what you would call any terrible thing. All he did, which was terrible enough in God's reckoning, was that he did not train the children on the right path. The Bible said he feared the children more than he feared God. May that not be your testimony in Jesus' name. The last part. Um, I don't really know how much time I still have, but the last part, I hope we'll have enough time to go through this, is what God's fatherhood model requires. What does God father, God's fatherhood model, what does it require? The first thing, everyone who is in the position of a father or a quasi-father or a pseudo-father or in a position of similar to fatherhood, because there are some situations you may not be the father, but you may be the only father or the next thing to a father that a young person has. Understand that you are a custodian and a caretaker. The child belongs to God. You will account to the principal on how you executed the responsibility of fatherhood. Oh, please, brothers and sisters, note it, take it from me. You, I will account for how we carry out our fatherhood responsibilities. Psalm 127, three to four. Children are heritage from the Lord. All springs a reward for him. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are children born in one's youth. So that child, you call my child, my child. Well, it's first and foremost God's child. 
and you are a caretaker, and you can't treat that child just the way you want, because you are a caretaker. That child belongs to God, and he will, he will call you to account for how well you took care of the child he puts in your care. May we not fail God in Jesus' name. The other thing is that you must be clear about God's expectation of you as a father. And by the way, most of these things are equally true for the mother. But to the extent that the man is the head of the home, according to God's structure, maybe it's a little even truer for the man. Be clear about God's expectation of you as a father and be determined to meet those expectations. Your responsibility as a father is total. It is physical, it is spiritual, it's academic, it's emotional, it's total. God gave you children and he has a master plan for their lives. Remember what God said to Jeremiah. Before you were formed, I knew you and appointed you a prophet to the nations. In other words, my, my understanding, and I really believe this, is that the, the scripts of a child's life had been written before the child is born. It is your responsibility to discover that script and to help the child to play out that script. You have a duty to seek and understand the master plan, and that's what I call the script, and be an instrument to ensure the master plan is executed as designed. As the head of the family, you man, you should be the chief visionary and number one motivator of the children. You should cast the vision for the family anyway. And part of casting the vision for the family is casting the vision for individual members of the family. You should be the priest. You should be the pastor. You should be the prophet. You should be the, 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 the thermostat, not the thermometer now, of the home. Nobody should be able to get to any member of your family unless they pass through you, whether physical or spiritual. Ephesians 1, 9 tells us that God has made known to us the mystery of his will. In this context, the mystery of his will for each child, according to his good pleasure, which he proposed in Christ. It is your responsibility as a, as a father, in conjunction with your wife, to discover this mystery with respect to each of the children. No matter how many God gives you. And remember, every child is different. And you are to train each of them according, according to their natural bent, according to the, the, the master plan that God has for them. So you need to be clear about God's expectation of you as a father. If you don't understand your responsibility as a father, how will you live up to those responsibilities? And that is why I, I made reference to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. Those responsibilities, the, the, the understanding of those responsibilities is directly proportional to the understanding of the word of God. Because it's inside his word that you will understand what he expects of you as a father. And his word, according to uh, that, that, that text, is what will help you to teach the proper doctrine. It's what you will use to reprove. It's what you will use to correct is what we use to instruct. And that's why I said there is no, I, I wouldn't talk with a modern model or a, or a model, uh, an older model. Look, I, I grew up in the, in the early 60s and the 70s. And in retrospect, my parents didn't 
understand Bible concepts, not even close to where I understand it now. But when I look at some of the things they did then, the love they showed, the discipline they showed, it's, it's, it's exactly what I do now, but in a different way because of my better understanding of what God expects. I mean, we talk about disciplining the child. I don't know any, any, any mother can, or father can love the child more than my parents love me. But I still remember an Igbati that was given me in 1972. This thing is still there. And it was well-deserved in retrospect because I was being unruly. Don't love your child to the point of you not disciplining him or her. Actually, you hate a child and you don't discipline. Because if you truly understand what God expects of you, you will know that God said it is your responsibility to discipline the child. Okay? Now, we're not going to be talking about corporal punishment or no corporal punishment. I use corporal punishment. I'm not recommending one or the other. You discover the best way to train your child. But the Bible says, spare the rod and spoil the child. Whatever that rod represents, it is you, your duty as a father, collaborating with your mother, with your, your wife, to apply it so that your children can meet up with their God-given uh, destinies. May God help us in Jesus' name. Now, this next one is possibly more important than any other one. And it says, remember you can teach what you know, but you can only reproduce who you are. Do you want your children to love God? Then love God and let them see that demonstrated. Do you want them to, and this will be true in any land, in any clime, at any time. Do you want them to be honest? Then be honest in your dealings and let them see that on display. Guys, if your actions are dubious, if your behavior is dubious, if the way you conduct your life these children, they will know. You can hide all you like. They will know. And don't expect them to, if, 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 if you keep different kind of, and again, I'm not condemning any action. We are adults. And as, child of, as a child of God, you should know what is right and what is not right. If you are a child of God and you read the Bible, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. But don't, don't, don't keep some different kind of liquor in your, in your, in your, in your closet and expect that your children will not drink it when it comes. In fact, unfortunately, they won't stop where you stop. They will go for that. And don't tell them don't do it. Don't do it. You can't, you can't tell them not to do it when you are doing it. If there's anything children hate, it is being hypocritical, being pretentious. So do you want them to be honest? Be honest in your dealings and let them see that on display. Do you want them to be hardworking? Work hard and let them realize the importance of diligence. Do you want them to trust in God? Display your reliance on God for them to see and encourage them to practice the same. What you are is what you give, not what you say. You can say it until you are blue in the face. If it's not been demonstrated in your life, it's not going to stick. Hear what is said in Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Leave it out. Display to your children on what is true, what is honorable, 
what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, and what is admirable. Think of those things, put them in practice, demonstrate, in demonstrate them in the presence of the children, and that's who they will become. An apple does not fall too far away from the tree that produces it. Don't be stuck in the past. Get educated about contemporary challenges facing young people. The challenges that faced me when I was growing up, which are really, really, really infinitesimal compared with the challenges that are facing the children growing up now, you cannot want to solve uh, the problem of the computer age with typewriter mentality. It will not work. Uh, when the children were growing up, and um, at least one of them or two are on, the, on this program. We used to say, oh, I, I, I brought a rule. This was in the early two, 2000, 2001, 2002. Nobody watches TV in this house Monday to Friday. When you come back from school Friday evening, you can watch TV. And then from Monday to Friday morning until the evening, nobody watches TV. We fought. We argued, I stood my ground. They got, they, they got this, this, disinterested in TV over some time. So, so some time. Nobody watches TV, it's true. I had to deny myself of that. And let me tell you, because I, I don't mind being vulnerable. Dude, when that was going on, um, occasionally I want to watch CNN on a Wednesday. <laughs> and at first I, I watched it, or maybe it's MBA, and I don't want to miss this. And then I do. Then one day, my son Shem, in the I think it was, she was in the children's church, was asked to preach in the church. Most likely, Shem was listening to this. And in preaching, to my embarrassment, speaking on parents doing what. They ask their children to do. And my son said, don't, don't, don't ask your children not to watch TV. And then you are watching CNN midweek. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> that was the last time it happened, though. <laughs> okay. Don't, 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 don't. Sure, it was 10. It was 10. It was just 10. Don't, don't ask your children not to watch TV on, uh, on, uh, during, the, during the week. And you are watching NBA. Again, emphasizing the fact that don't, don't think you can ask people to do what you are not doing. Please. And um, but where I'm actually going is that if you had that rule for the children that you are born now, you are, you are been, that have been born now, and you say don't watch TV during the week, you are wasting your time. Because the TV is in their pockets. Right? So you have to be you have to be to be, to to brush yourself up. You have to have, you have to rise up to the challenges of your time. The underlying principles didn't change. The underlying principle then, what actually informed that then is I discovered that children were spending upward of thirty hours, sometimes eight hours, sometimes. Remember, the working hour is eight hours. Many times, children will spend more than that on TV. Or social media. Remember, at that, at that time, there was no Instagram, there was no Facebook, and a whole lot of other things. It's just TV. And
And I said, if you are spending eight hours of your day on TV, and sometimes they will sleep very late. That's what was motivated me. Now, your challenges, those of you who are raising children now, are far more. Because you can ask them to go to bed, the TV is off, and under the duvet, the TV is there. I don't have a way of knowing. May God help you in Jesus' name. My youngest is 25. I don't, if by now she cannot control herself as to when to watch TV and not to watch TV, I have failed. We will not fail in Jesus' name. But the point I'm saying is that you have to find, so the making is that you have to find solution to the problem that is contemporary to your time. Challenges facing young people, you should be a resource to, you should, you should be, you should, you should think current. You, you can't be, you can't be stuck in the past. That is the point being made. And the passage I said before is what I repeated here. Now, the next point is balance, love, and discipline. A refusal to correct is a refusal to love. Love your children by disciplining them. Proverb 13, 24, the message version. Guys, you know, back where we come from, there's a proverb. You cannot love a child so much that the child will become two children. No, it's not going to happen. And in fact, that child can become no child. If you think you love him so much that you refuse to discipline him. But discipline, love. You see, that's why we need to be contemporary, like I said. In my own days, the discipline is more out of fear than out of love. Father is coming in. Everybody go find your level, including the woman, the mother. Everybody, father is saying, no, that will not work now. But I've seen situations where children take the position, they, they take the side of, I, I actually heard of a situation, real life, where a child misbehaved and the mother in this US took the child to a corner, a fairly open place and smacked the child. And somebody was watching. And somebody, that person said, ah, why are you, why are you, you are, you are, you are abusing. That's child abuse. And the child said, sorry, man, that's none of your problem. Because the child realizes that it is for, for how good a, a girl. So you have to balance love and discipline. I can tell you one thing. Even children, when they know your discipline is coming from the place of love, they will embrace it. And you know what? Even if they don't embrace it now, they will embrace it later. Ask me and my adult children. Because we talk now. In those days, they will say, we didn't know that they used to compare parents. Who is the harder of the parents? My own days, my children don't go sleep over anywhere. You have your room. Why, why must you go and sleep over? Do I know the circumstances raining where you are going? Maybe they slept over one time anywhere. And that was my pastor's house. It was once. If you love that person so much and you must sleep over, let her come and sleep over with you in my house where I know what is raining. You, 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 especially now, especially now, you got to be on top of your game. May God not blame us in Jesus' name. So balance love and discipline. If you are balancing love and discipline, I guarantee you the outcome is going to be positive. Um, when the children were younger, I told them, I, I, don't, I don't have to be your best friend. I would love to, but I really, at this point, at this point, I don't have to be your best friend. If being your best friend will mean that I, I will 
hold back from disciplining you, from holding you accountable. I don't have to be your best friend. God did not say, be the best friend of your son or your, or your daughter. No. I'm to love you. I'm to discipline you. I'm to point you on the right path. I'm to hold you accountable. I'm to mirror God in your life. I'm to live and be an example for you to follow. That's, if that means I cannot be your best friend, I'm, I'm fine with that for now. Who will be best friend down the line because I can I can now look back when my youngest is 24 going to 25 now I can now look back and and we can we talk now thank you daddy thank you thank you thank you thank you because we see the impact of what happened there tell your children collaboratively with your wife both parents are needed to provide balance of bringing for the children. If you are not on the same page with your wife, the children will play you against one another. These commandments I give you today, uh, this commandment I give you today are to be on your heart. Impress them on your children. That's both parents. Talk about them when you sit down at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down. Sometimes I will be talking, this is years back. We still talk, we still talk and with the children, but Sometimes I would, I would hold on a topic. Daddy, you've told us about 30 times and not enough until I see demonstrated in your life and demonstrated in the life of your own children. Then I would have done my job. So you keep, keep emphasizing it. Amen. Impress it on them and do it collaboratively with your, with your wife. Okay. Um, time, 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 time. But let's see. Pastor, Pastor, Pastor Matthew, how much yeah. time do I still have? So I was thinking that it might be a good time to take a break and address questions, and then we can close with the questions, if that's fine. Okay. I will just give me about two minutes, three minutes. Okay. That's I'll just highlight the remaining points. All right. And I'm going to share this slide with you. Great. And, and we'll, if those who want it, you can give it to them. Sure. We would. Uh, some of the points that are still there, are, I, I don't want to miss it. Okay, all right. Um, I said here, set the rules for your family through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You have to be a top, on top of your game. You must be as disciplined as you want your children to be. That's the major point. You cannot be a lawbreaker and expect your children to be law abiding and so on and so forth. Don't buy, and I don't. this is one point I don't want to miss at all. Don't buy into the confused and just jaundiced view that a man is not needed in the home. That is what the system is telling us. It's a lie from the pit of hell. A man has roles that he alone can play as a woman. If for whatever reason you have children and there's no man to play the role of a father in your family, find a man that can play that role in the lives of your children somehow. Maybe if you're in the church, maybe you get a, an uncle or somebody who can play that role. Nobody, no, no man is created to play the role of the woman together. And no woman is created to play the role of the man together. It's going to be a tough, tough one. Now, I said, pray, 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 pray. Pray for your children. Pray with them. Even if they don't seem to invite the training at the time, don't give up. Your prayer will go with them when they go out of your sight. And the Holy Spirit will convict them, convict them as God's own time. Fatherhood is a long, a lifelong responsibility. Method of parenting changes over time, but you never stop being a parent, being a father. In carrying out your fatherhood responsibility, follow God's fatherhood style and have the mindset of Christ. 
God the Father loves us unconditionally, love your children unconditionally, discipline your children in love, discipline your children in love, communicate his expectations very clearly, communicate your expectations very clearly to them. Never give up on us and model the standard of conduct through Jesus. This should be your standard. Mm. Conclusion. God's expectation of every father is codified in the Holy Book. Those expectations remain constantly respected for the land and the climate. They remain unchanging across times and ages. The implementation methodologies may change, areas of emphasis may change, and the styles may change, but the underlying principles of responsible and godly fatherhood remain the same. Understanding these principles and being faithful in their application according to your specific prevailing circumstance in your location and your time is then the challenge of fatherhood. That being said, as a father, more than anything else, please pray for grace. No one knows how to do it. I have seen parents give their best efforts, model good conduct, take their spiritual life seriously, spend quality time with the children, yet one or two of their children still decided to be wayward. So when it comes to the children upbringing, nothing is guaranteed, it's only by grace. Finally, however, where parents handle their parental duties with levity, it is nearly always guaranteed that the children will go the way of the world with destinies, destiny left in ruins, except for mercy. May God bless your effort as you apply yourself to the most important, this most important of all responsibilities. Thank you for listening to this message. We love to stay in touch and to see you at one of our events. You can find out more about us on our website at prayer-huddle.com. Email us at feedback at prayer-huddle.com or on our Instagram at prayer underscore huddle.